Welcome to Explore, Teach, Conserve, or the ETC podcast by the University of Minnesota Extension, where we talk with people about exploring, making discoveries, and solving problems to better manage our natural resources, and we share ideas to help you learn more and get involved. This is an older episode from when we used a different title, The Naturalist, but the conversation and ideas are still fresh. If you enjoy it, we hope you'll subscribe and listen to more episodes of Explore, Teach, Conserve, or the ETC. Welcome to the revitalized podcast, The Naturalist, by the University of Minnesota Extension. I'm Nate Meyer, your host today, and we're going to be talking with Ellen Candler from the University of Minnesota about her work with the Awful Wildlife Watching Project. Stay tuned until the end of the episode when I'll share some information about where to learn more about and get involved with her project. So this is a podcast about new discoveries and solving problems to better manage our natural resources. With that in mind, talk a little bit about what you are working to discover or what problem you're trying to solve. Yeah, so the Awful Wildlife Watching Project, um, where our aim is to better understand the scavenger species that are using uh, hunter offal piles or hunter gut piles. So those are the essentially internal organs that hunters leave in the field after they field dress a deer. And it's a really rich source of nutrients that a lot of scavenger species like to take advantage of. So we want to know which scavenger species are using hunter gut piles across the state of Minnesota. And then from there, we can ask tougher questions to better understand other aspects of the scavenger community. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that each year hunters harvest something like 200,000 deer and that's like 4 million pounds of food is that right yeah yeah that's pretty that's a that's an estimation so it's yeah roughly 200,000 deer uh, every year there's about 500,000 uh, deer hunters in Minnesota every year so 200,000 roughly harvest and almost all of them i'd say most of them leave uh, the internal organs in the field so what is the legacy you hope to leave through your work? How do you hope your discoveries are going to change our environment for the better? Yeah, so I think one of the big parts of this project is, of course, the scientific questions we're asking about scavenger species, what's coming in, when they're coming in, how the different habitat they use in Minnesota, the different biome impacts that, how different human uses impact that. Once we understand that, then be able to ask other questions about potential contamination exposure to those scavenger species or disease exposure. But then secondly, also, this is very much a citizen science project. So I think bringing people in, partnering with hunters and other people to help us identify scavenger species uh, is a huge part of this project and something that's, I think, incredibly important to um, answer questions, but also ask further questions in the future related to this. And I got to ask, you know, you and I have known each other for a while. I have always loved the unique name of your project, the Awful Project. How did you become interested in studying guts? Yeah, so I grew up in Idaho in a, in a hunting family. 
So my dad hunted, um, we fished, um, and I just kind of grew up around that environment a lot. Um, and that's really what got me interested in conservation of wildlife, but also made me think that conservation of wildlife needs to have the human um, aspects built into it. And so hunting was definitely just a, a natural thing that I became interested in. And I have wondered since, knowing that all these, these guts are left in the field, what, what happens to them? I think any hunter would tell you that they field dress their deer and there's an eagle or crows or ravens just sitting above them waiting for them to leave. So everyone knows, all the hunters know that they're used, but we don't have a great idea of what that picture looks like. That's awesome. I, uh, I think you are familiar with our work in extension to use citizen science projects like your own as a not only a way for our volunteers to get involved in service, but also to help young people stimulate their own scientific questions and then follow that uh, science inquiry process. And we always start with, I wonder, right? So we go out on walks and there are these moments where you wonder. So I, I enjoy that you, you describe that I wonder moment. So let's, let's talk a little bit about your work. Give our listeners a peek behind the scenes. How do you go about your work? What are one or two cool tools or methods or strategies that you're using to, to solve your problem? Yeah, so we are, like I said, it's a citizen science heavy project. So we are asking hunters to put their own game cameras out on their recently field dressed deer gut piles immediately after because we want to get those ravens and eagles that are sitting there waiting. Um, we want to get those first pictures right away too. So we're using remote cameras to get these images. And then after about a month, we ask to go pick up the cameras. A lot of gut piles are probably going to be gone, sometimes within a day. But the month allows us to get um, be consistent across the state, across different kinds of gut piles, and uh, get a better picture um, over that whole time. So then we collect all the images from the hunters, and then those images are being put up on the Zooniverse platform so that um, other citizen scientists around the world have access to help us ID the scavengers that are coming in, which is, and that's been super helpful. So the remote cameras that you use, are these the cameras I can pick up at Fleet Farm or? Yeah, there's a, a huge variety and I've had people ask me uh, what camera they should buy. I don't have a specific brand or a specific type. Whatever works best for you is great, but yeah, there's Fleet Farm. Um, you can pick them up, you know, Cabela's, any place you can find hunting equipment, you're likely to find a game camera. And they range in price from you know 100 bucks or less to thousand dollars if you wanted to go really big but it's really not necessary so science science isn't always pretty it's not always fun what what makes your work tough i think um like i said i grew up in this hunting culture so i think trying to eloquently uh, and sensitively express my research uh, in a way that doesn't put people off by it um, but also respects people's fears or distaste uh, in hunting so kind of pairing here's the benefit that this resource may have that we're trying to understand that hunters are providing but also that there may be some risks that we might come across um, and understand. So I think trying to explain that there are a lot of positives and negatives that uh, we might find in this and that we don't have an agenda. We're not out to ban anything. We're not out to, to hurt anybody. We're just curious. Talk a little bit about what the rewarding moments are like. Um, most hunters, I think every hunter that has 
volunteered, best fully harvested, and submitted pictures. We've been really excited uh, about what they found. Um, some say, we're so happy you're studying this, and we've been curious about this. We're excited that scientists are now uh, excited and interested in this, too. You know, we also know that science and natural resources management never goes quite as planned. So how has a failure or changes in plan been a part of of your work? Uh, I think one of the biggest hurdles, and we're learning um, as we go, is how to relay procedure to a lot of people. We want to make it really simple, but we want to make it also consistent. A lot of these cameras take you know, hundreds, sometimes thousands of pictures. So asking somebody to explain how to upload those images to a shared folder is, is kind of hard. And then maybe sometimes asking them to use, you know, a lot of their time. That takes a lot of time to upload some of that stuff. So it's another ask. So trying to simplify those procedures and make them easy to understand, uh, making sure they know how to set the camera. It seems really intuitive, but a lot of times, and I have done it and still do it, um, set the camera a little high and you're not actually looking at what you want to look at. So talk about your favorite and most surprising results and insights from your work at this point. I know it's still ongoing, but what have you learned that surprises you? Yeah, we, so we still, we don't have concrete results yet. We're still going through the Zooniverse process, but I've seen a lot of pictures. So some surprising, there's been some scavenger species that we've, we've recorded that I found surprising and you go and look at the literature to see if if other people have found them, and they have, and it's it's always surprising, but exciting to see. So things like uh, flying squirrels, and then also scavenger species or predators that are coming in to eat other scavenger species. So, and what about new questions? You know, have you have you already raised new questions because of your work? Yeah, definitely. There's some of the the obvious stuff, like I mentioned, the ecological trap. Um, I've also wondered things like, well, we ask, how long does the gut pile last across Minnesota? So depending on when a hunter harvests the deer, it depends on how long it's going to last. If you harvest, if you're you know a muzzleloader hunter and you harvest in December and it freezes and snows and it's covered, that might last into the spring and be available to to scavengers then. Um, if you are a bow hunter and you harvest in September, that gut pile might only last a day. Um, understanding how long gut pile lasts, um, different behaviors at, at a gut pile, video would be really uh, good to get. So our volunteers and our listeners love to learn more about and help with environmental stewardship. So what is one thing you suggest they can do to help with your efforts? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're a hunter, we would love to have your support in the fall. We'll continue this in the fall and hopefully for a couple more years. If you have a camera, excellent. We have a few right now that we could possibly lend out. If you're interested, give, uh, email me. Um, we can do what we have, get you set up, get you ready. Um, if you're not a hunter, but you're really interested in helping, um, you're welcome to log on to our Zooniverse project page uh, and help ID scavenger species. Um, we have a talk section in there. If you've done Zooniverse, you're familiar with that, so you can ask me questions in there. If you see things in pictures that you're unsure about, um, ask about that. And the, uh, the big last question, I totally ripped this one off at Tim Ferriss, so I'm going to just be blunt about that, but I love it. If you could have a gigantic billboard somewhere where millions or billions would read it, what would it say and why? Oh, that's a really hard question. <laughs> uh, right now, I think in this kind of time that we're all in, it's kind of, we're all really frustrated. And I think being outside has given a lot of people their sanity back maybe. Um, so I think I think something something related to that and something related to be kind, be kind to your, 
your world. <laughs> Be kind to your world and people because, you know, hunters and, and other environmentalists may not seemingly get along, but I think if you dive in, you have a lot of the same goals, a lot of the same values. So just talk. <laughs> Perfect. Anything else you want to share about about your project or, or your work or your journey into conservation science? The only other thing I would maybe say, if you're a young person looking at getting into the field or if you're uh, interested in volunteering or interacting with scientists anyway, I'd say um, don't be shy about asking us questions or ask if, if have we thought of this? Because I think that's what's really exciting about citizen science is um, we're really knowledgeable about what we're doing and sometimes we get kind of a tunnel vision and we're focused and maybe we don't see the other really cool questions that could come out of our research. So don't be shy to ask if we've thought about something and we'll be happy to talk about it if we have. And if not, we're happy that you uh, you brought it up so we can maybe ask more questions about that. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of The Naturalist. Please visit zooniverse.org and search for the Awful Wildlife Watching Project to learn more ask questions, or get involved in helping Ellen Candler analyze her thousands of pictures. You can also follow the project on Twitter by searching for at AwfulWatch. Huge thanks to Ellen for helping us get a new start with the podcast. This episode was recorded over Zoom from our homes during the coronavirus pandemic in 2020. You may have periodically heard my family sheltering in place as we recorded. We hope you enjoyed this episode and the opportunity for some advanced training during your daily walk, while gardening, or while sitting at your desk. Give us a like and hit subscribe to let us know you value the podcast, and we look forward to sharing another episode soon. Stay safe, be healthy, and we hope you enjoy Nature in Place.